You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Warwick Radio. This is Gloria Kennedy, and I must say, it's worldwide famous Warwick Radio. I received a tweet from a vet in South Korea who listens to the podcast and just thinks that we're wonderful, and I think she's got a crush on our guest, the King of Warwick, John Howell. How are you, John? I'm doing well. What an introduction. I've got to ask, first off, who is this individual you're referring to? Because I... I'm not high she, on anybody's she list. Loves, she loves this website, the, and she loves the Beacon website. She, um, I have mentioned, I don't know if I've mentioned it on, on air, but my daughter and I adopted this adorable little doggy from South Korea. So she um, knew about, and my daughter must have told her about the podcast, but everybody that she knows is now listening to it. So what can I say? We're... We're famous in South Korea, huh? At least in a block. Oh, great. <laughs> anyway, good to have you back. Um, last time we spoke, we got into um, a lot of really good subjects. So many good things we talked about. Today, we're going to focus, I think, because we get mm-hmm. to go off on all different directions. We're going to focus on the state of journalism. Uh, since 2004, about 2,000 newspapers have cease to exist. Dailies, weeklies, bi-weeklies. I mean, it's, it's a curse to me. I mean, I like the whole idea of um, holding a newspaper. I mean, of course, I, like everybody else, I'm on my phone too. But there's something very special about a newspaper, especially the beacon. Uh, well, I won't disagree with you because obviously I'm in the business and I've been in the newspaper business a long time. Uh, but from my perspective, what's driving this, um, and a lot of people immediately jump on the Internet and on, you know, Amazon and Google and, um, you know, uh, social media that everybody today is a reporter and they all figure mm-hmm. they have something to say and people aren't paying attention to good uh, reporting, thorough reporting, so forth. And I think if you look at it, you go sort of to the bottom line, uh, which, and of course, this is a free enterprise operation, and it comes down to money. And where the advertising has gone, and there's probably no clearer picture than, uh, and we'll talk about Rhode Island, the Providence Journal that at one time uh, on a Sunday had like a 28-page classified section. I remember. And those classifieds, uh, I don't know the exact cost of them, but, you know, four lines was something like $25. (laughs) And you could just look at that page and do the multiplication and realize that was thousands of dollars. Well, Craigslist blasted a hole in that right away. And the same is true with display advertising, what we call ROP, run-of-the-paper advertising, that 
quite obviously is far more expensive to produce in hard print than it is on the internet where costs are minimal or in some cases free. Yeah. So it, the shift in terms of the dollars has gone to those uh, mediums. It doesn't mean that they're better at, at reporting and quite honestly, I don't think they are. I agree with you. Um, as I have mentioned before, I finally, you know, stopped the journal. I mean, I re- not too many years ago, you know, we had the afternoons, the morning, the afternoon. I mean, it covered everything. I mean, a lot of good people I met over the years who were reporters. I know some of them started with you as well at the Beacon. And um, there's been a slippage, I think, in everything from your nightly news on down. I think you use a good word there, slippage. I think of it as really sort of a slippery slope. You take a look at the journal today. I don't have the precise numbers, but I believe they're down to 11 reporters. Hmm. At one time, they had close to 200 when you consider that they were putting out the bulletin, as you mentioned, as well as the journal. So what does that mean? That means that, you know, town meetings, uh, whether it's a zoning planning board meeting, it could even be Democratic uh, committee meeting, they don't get covered. No, they don't. And in their cases where something happens that you might want to attend and it's gone, it, it's passed by. I mean, yeah, you cover a lot of local events and, and you, you know, you do a great job about that. I know now you come out once a week, so. You know, if something's happening on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday, you're not going to find out about it till you know, Thursday. Does, is but then you think about that. Um, you know, probably the, the most graphic example is coverage of sports. And, um, you know, the sports sections of the daily papers were, you know, they were looked at for all this information all the stats, everything else that you got. Plus, you know, you, you read about who won the game last night. Well, it doesn't take a, a scientist to, to, to see what's happening today. As soon as, you know, the goal is scored, they've, you know, texted that information. They've, you know, everybody knows. Absolutely so, correct. So, a good, I'm sorry if I cut you off. No, Go that's ahead. all right. <laughs> My point being that the information gets out there, but it doesn't get into a form that tells you why this is important in the case of, let's say, a zoning or planning board meeting, how the context of that information to everything else that is going on. So you sort of get the spot news, you get the headline, okay, they approved, you know, six new homes in the neighborhood, and uh, but you don't hear the fact that, okay, that's going to be contested in court. Uh, This is, you know, how much money's behind this and who's behind it, that sort of thing. Who's the lawyer usually answers that question. Yes. (laughs) And at least around here. Your uh, sports analogy is absolutely spot on. Example yesterday. My daughter and I, we're sports fans. Um, Still, we we were listening to the Red Sox outside, and I... (laughs) ran into the house, or, or I could have checked my phone, but I wanted to actually, you know, it was a commercial, so I switched it over to the Patriots to see what was going on. 
same thing. I mean, later, you know, I can just pick this right up and I just, what's the score? Boom, there it is, you know? But again, you don't get the in-depth. You don't get there were four interceptions, you know, things right. of that nature, which I think makes everything more exciting to know what really happened. So the question from my perspective is, is where does the media succeed? Where the print media, and you take a look at those newspapers that actually are doing very well. Two, New York Times and Washington Post, right? Well, you can name those. You know, the Wall Street Journal right. is doing very well. As, um, right. Boston Globe has made inroads here. They have a bureau with... You good know, people. With yeah, good, really good people. Most of them from the Journal. Yes, yep, I know, I know. I have a friend that uh, she, she, must have, she must have had ESP. She went to the Globe, and then like a month later, the slaughter of all of the reporters at the Journal, the first round, which was probably five or six years ago, maybe. So what about the Beacon? What, what can we see happening there? Any big changes? I, I think, um, one, obviously we went from twice a week to once a week. Uh, that's given us more time to dig into to topics and give a more complete story which I think is helpful to people. And it, the package itself, um, and you just think of the limitations of time that you have in order to cover stuff. Um, I would write in a Tuesday paper maybe four or five stories. Now I'm writing six to maybe eight stories. Yeah, I noticed you, you cover a lot personally along with your staff. Right. Um, so... The product that we're looking to deliver, hopefully, is a more comprehensive view of the community and more diverse in the sense that you're not just covering the, the council meeting from the night before, uh, but you're giving some perspective as to what the actions you know, that were taken, what they mean going ahead. Yeah, well, because of the, well, you know I'm a fan. I mean, I bought it from my parents. Uh, we always have it. And I learned about the controversy over the uh, the solar plans. I mean, you know, people are opposed, uh, and it's like, it's just the sun. But, you know, you get in, yeah, you, you get into the facts from you. But I find that, that you bring up the solar ordinance, and I find that, you know, a fascinating mm -hmm. sort of discussion because the the people that are concerned about the ordinance as it was first presented, um, look at the environment and say, you know, if we're going to cut down trees to put on solar panels, we're killing off, you know, carbon sinks that are going to help the environment. And yet, what are the solar panels for? They're going <laughs> to close down, you know, uh, coal-fired plants. Isn't that just as good as... True. So there has to be a compromise. I would put trees around the property so it doesn't block the panels, right? <laughs> Got to come up with an answer, a solution, which I think is um, a politics and, and um, newspaper reporting. You know, it's kind of, it goes hand in hand because, well, at least for me, if there's a problem, I want to solve it. 
if it needs a law, that's what I would do. Now, you go out into the community and you tell us what's happening and you tell us what the problem is. And that way we're alerted to check in with our local officials to express our opinion. Well, hopefully if we're doing our job correctly, we put it in such a fashion that you can make a decision, an informed decision, and then express your opinion to your local official as to how you stand on it and whether they choose to go along with you or offer something different, that's, that's obviously up to them. But that helps you when it comes to the next you know, round in terms of elections and deciding who you want to choose to represent you. Yeah, you're the only one that we get to know, you know, primary, uh, bond issues, really. I mean, we're and Cranston, because it's you're, you're both communities. And we, after all, we are two and three. I think we should, we'll be probably number two soon with everybody buying up Rhode Island that gets me into my next phase of the, of the economy. Now, I know that you have a website, and I, I mean, is that something that when, when your uh, staff is out there trying to sell uh, advertising, is that like, you don't have to answer like in terms of money, is that like a two-for-one, is that how it goes, or is, well, some, is it... some advertisers prefer to be just on the website hmm. and, uh, you know, choose to do that, um, the, you know, the, the computerization of the media, or actually, I should say, of, you know, buying and selling advertising is, is tremendous. It's, I mean, you can, you can tell how many people are looking at your ad, and you can base your cost on how many views it gets, uh, whereas in print, this is the other side of the coin, you, you don't. You don't know how many people are actually clicking on it, so to speak. Mm. Uh, but then conversely, the paper is going to be there for a period of time uh, until it gets, they say, wrap, used for wrapping fish or, <laughs> or maybe cut out and put on the fridge because, you know, your grandson made honor roll yeah. at, at Pilgrim. Right. So what is the future? You know, look into your crystal ball and tell us, how long you think you'll, the papers will be around? You think that you're going to have a great, a continued great run? I, do, I think print will never die. Uh, but how many people will buy it and make it a viable um, operation uh, becomes questionable. And there, you'll see a number of papers that have already done this across the country are going to a nonprofit format, and like public radio, mm -hmm. and I think you'll see more of that. Hmm. Um, but you got to have deep pockets to do that, right? No. No. Oh no. No. I mean, then you're then you're going out for grants. You're you're going. It's in some cases publicly supported, like public radio is publicly Good. supported. Good idea. Where uh, I want to touch on, again, politics, you've seen, wow, I guess from Gene McCaffrey on, have you seen a... Um, Actually, go back further than that. You do? Phil Noel. Oh, of course. How could I forget Phil, the, the Quahogger, yeah. Um, have you seen, do you think they're uh, 
people today are better or worse as far as being elected officials and doing their job? I, I put it all on the individual. Okay. I, I mean, we've, I think we've had some excellent mayors. We've had not so, some that are not so good, and you have some that sold Bald Hill Road. Yeah, right, right down the track. <laughs> Unbelievable economy. What do you think about what's happening in our fair city, uh, Warwick and Cranston, as far as local economies? That you know, uh, I see a lot of stores that are vacant. You, you think it's getting worse, or are you optimistic like me? Well, it's, there's been a, a grand shift in how retail works, and Amazon, quite obviously, is you know the 800-pound gorilla that's that's taking over and I think causing uh, angst as well as, you know, some of the box stores are closing. You're seeing those go and you're seeing small businesses go. But what encourages me is that I still see people with an entrepreneurial spirit have the enterprise to start things. And when you look at it, those guys are way up on the top, you know, the multi-billionaires. That's how they started out. Yeah, I know. So we have a lot that we could still continue to chat about, and we have to have you come back again because I just um, I love pick, picking at your brain and, you know, going inside to see what you think because you're well-respected in the community. You've seen the community grow, and you, and you know what can happen and what shouldn't happen. So I want to thank you so much. John, if you have something else you'd like to close with, go right ahead. Well, I look coming back, look forward to coming back and chatting more about a city that I really care for and um, I think has tremendous potential. There's some really dedicated people here in terms of uh, community. And um, as you know, Warwick, you know, and I found this the amazing part when I, when I started here, uh, because I had worked in outside of Hartford, I'd worked outside of New York, I'd worked in East Providence, and those communities all had a sort of center uh, business district, you know, where everybody, you know, this was the center of the city. Warwick seems is a collection of neighborhoods. Oh, I love it, I know, yeah. And uh, they're quite different and very and that's exciting. It makes it an interesting place um, and one that I think, you know, deserves obviously coverage that we try to give it, but uh, also deserves more attention from, from other communities to learn how communities or how neighborhoods can work together to form a, a unit. That's what we need, more togetherness. You know, I always said, we can disagree on something, but we should do it agreeably. That it, we're all Americans, and uh, let's hope your vision can come true. And I want to thank you again. You had a, the pleasure of speaking to, I call him the King of Warwick, the great publisher, John Howell, and this is Gloria Kennedy asking you to turn on Warwick Radio to get the latest information about our history and what's happening. You're listening to Warwick Radio Online.
the voice of Warwick, Rhode Island.